Okay, guys, we're, we're in lesson 10. We're, gonna, we're up to chapter 5. Now, up until this point, it's pretty exciting. Even, even being arrested and seeing how God has emboldened them, their, their prayer for a bold church in chapter 4, God's showing himself mighty uh, as far as his approval of what they're doing. And now we come to chapter 5, and chapter 5 is almost like a reality check. Okay? What do I mean by that, George? Well, we're going to see a couple that really, because of selfishness, and for whatever reasons they have personally, sin against God, and it creates a havoc in the church. Now, I, so this is what I want us to understand. You know, I've, I've been a Christian now for over 30 years, been pastoring for over 20. And, and sometimes people, and, and, and you and I know a lot of people who used to go to church. How many of you know somebody who used to go to church, okay? And what's the most common reason why they say they don't go to church anymore? Anybody? What's the most common reason they say they don't go to church anymore? Huh? They got offended, okay. Hip, they think we're hypocritical. What else? What, what's that, Bruce? What? Uh, the, the money thing, that they, they're concerned about that the church wanted money, okay. So disappointment with God, because he didn't do what he was supposed to. So there's a lot of reasons why, okay. One of the main reasons why is because of hurt. Hurt caused by being in a church. Disappointment with what they saw. Disappointment in a pastor because he did something wrong. Disappointment in a group of people. And, and, and there's this expectation, let me just go ahead and tell you right now, and we maybe even have it here, that everything is supposed to be wonderful in the church. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? There's an expectation that there should never be any kind of problems. You ever, ever had that expectation about church? I've had that expectation. Until you're in church. Because here's the problem with church. You know what the problem with church is? I'll tell you what the problem is church. One word. People. That's the problem with church. If it wasn't for people, church would be a great place, wouldn't it? Do you know what I'm saying? If it wasn't for people, church would be a great place. Why are people a problem? Because, I'm going to be honest with you folks, people are sinners. And even though they're forgiven, and even though they have a place in heaven, they still what? Sin. And they're still, because people are at different places in their walk with Jesus, they still do wrong things for selfish motives. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and so I want you to understand that because what we're going to see is, is that in the midst of this powerful new church starting out, there's sin. And so we're going to see why it happened. We're also going to see God's reaction to it. Now this is the part we forget because this kind of stuff doesn't happen today. What would it be like if it did? Okay? Uh, 
Look with me. We're going to look, first of all, look at the context in your notes. Acts chapter 4, verses 33 to 37, provides the context for understanding the sin in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. What's going on in these passages? Well, remember, he's telling us in this passage is one of the things that the early church did was is that when they saw that somebody had a need in the church, if you had the means to be able to help them, and maybe it required you selling something, you sold it to help out your brother or sister in Christ. Okay? And then towards the end of chapter 4, there's one fellow, his name they gave him is Barnabas, who's commended, basically, because he sold property for the benefit of others. So he got recognized. His name was Josie, but they gave the, the apostles gave him a special name, son of encouragement, Barnabas. So that do you think that has an impact? Wow. Look at the recognition he's getting. The apostles even have a pet name for him, a special name. So this is the context. So Luke records that Barnabas was honored by the apostles for his sacrifice. So Luke's recording in chapter 4, right before we get to these verses, that that he was honored. Do you know what I'm saying? Now let me just stop for a moment. That doesn't happen in today's church, does it? People don't go seeking after leaders' approval, do they? Does that happen today? No, that doesn't happen today. Yeah, it does happen. How many of you have seen that kind of thing happen where people... They come to church and they want the leadership, plural, or a pastor's approval. And so they're doing stuff not to be approved by Jesus, but to have the approval of the guy. Have you seen that before? What has your thoughts been about that when you've seen that? Let's be honest here. What do you think when you see that? Oh, I think that's wonderful, George. Now, what do you think? You don't think much of them, okay? What else? There's names for it we won't say in Sunday school, okay? All right? Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, the reality is, is that that's not looked at favorably. People trying to do that. Well, that kind of sets the setting for what's going to happen here in our study here, okay? So let's look together. We're going to look at verses 1 to 2. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds, and his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. So let's talk about what's going on here. First of all, a man named Ananias sold a possession that he owned. So here's, here's a guy, his name's, his name's Ananias. So he decides to uh, sell something that he had. I think a piece of property maybe, okay? And he decides to sell it. Now, he kept back part of the proceeds for himself and presented the remainder to the apostles. So let me just stop for a moment. This is something that's normal. You ever sold something? You ever sold something and... You thought you were going to bless somebody else with, with, with the gift from what you sold, and, 
And, but you kept back part of it for yourself, okay? So like if, let's say if I had, let's say if I had a motorcycle. I don't, okay? Not going to. My wife's already told me that's out of the question, okay? But let's say I had a motorcycle and, and uh, I'm, my, I basically bought this thing, had it for years, and then my wife says, you've got to get rid of it. It's taking up space. So I sell it and I get a good deal. Somebody buys it from me and they give me a good price for it. Now, about that same time, I maybe hear that there's a need. Maybe there's some kind of, some kind of campaign at the church where they're needing funds for something. Or, or I know somebody that I could bless maybe with a good gift for school or whatever. But I decide I'm not going to give them all of it. I'm going to keep back part of it for myself. I'm going to give them a portion, but the rest of it is for me. Because I did buy the motorcycle. It is my money. Okay? Is that normal? Yeah, it's normal. So I want you to understand what they're doing up to this point is normal. There's nothing wrong with what's going on here. So I want you to keep that in mind. There's nothing wrong up to this point with what's going on here. So his wife was aware and consented to the deception concerning the money. So the problem is, is when he presents the money to the apostles, he tells the apostles, hey, we sold this land, and here is all of the money. Okay? We sold this land, and here is all of the money. All of it. And his wife knew about it, and she consented to it. She thought that would be okay. But it's not okay. Because look at what happens in verses 3 to 10. Here's the confrontation. <clears throat> Talk about, think about Ananias as this is going on. Talk about shock. You've got to be shocked because nobody else knows you're doing this. All right? Listen. Verse 3, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not your, in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what happened. Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young man came in, found her dead, and carried her out and buried her next by her husband. Wow! Holy moly! 
That's, wow! Let's talk about it. Peter challenges Ananias concerning the nature of his sin. That's if you're Ananias, you got to be shocked. So first of all, can I? You got to be first of all. Let's ask a question. How do you think Peter knew? Yeah, the Holy Spirit told him. He's an apostle. Do you understand? Now I'm going to tell you something. You're going to see some things here in this passage that's going to tell you today there are no apostles today. There's sometimes there are people who claim to be apostles. Just a few years ago, I heard somebody anointing somebody to be an apostle. Somebody claims that there are no apostles today, folks. First of all, to be an apostle, you have had to have been with Jesus and seen Jesus' ministry, seen the resurrected Jesus, period. That's what the scripture says. Nobody's done that. Number two, the apostles had abilities given to them by God's Holy Spirit that nobody has today, and let's be thankful that we don't have those. Okay? Those are prophetic gifts. Those are prophetic gifts, John. But those are spiritual type gifts. That's a little bit different than the giftedness of an apostle. Nobody can claim to be an apostle. I'm not talking about the gifts. Okay. But I don't know of anybody who's going to do what Peter does here in a minute. Okay. Okay. So watch, watch what happens here. Okay. So Peter challenges Ananias concerning the nature of his sin. It should be noted that the gift was ultimately to God. So let me just stop for a moment. This is a good point to make here from this historic passage. The gift that he brought to the apostles, Peter is making the point here that that gift is ultimately to who? God. Okay, let's stop for a moment. Your service in the church, who's that ultimately to? Okay, it has to be. So when you've got the folks up here playing music, they're, they're not just playing music for themselves. They're playing music for who? For God. When you've got folks who are teaching or serving in roles in the church, they're not just doing it for who? They're doing it for who? God. When we do the operation oil change and we've got people crawling on the ground underneath somebody's car and, you know, and changing the oil, who are they doing that for? For God. Okay, so when we take an offering, who's that being taken for? Yeah, see, just so we understand... Peter's making the point here is that what you do, which should check all of us now, shouldn't it, is ultimately for God. Okay? So now, the sin, here's what their sin was. So I've, you know, you, through the years I've heard crazy things, I've heard messages where their sin was, they kept it, they kept back, they should have given it all to God. That, if you've got that kind of viewpoint, you're not reading the passage. Because Peter makes the very clear point here in these verses. While it was yours, it was yours. You had control over it. What is the sin here? The sin is the misrepresentation of what was given, not how much was given. Do you understand what I'm saying? The lie here is, is that they said it was all of it when they had kept back part of it and they were being deceptive about it. Peter's, Peter's whole point is, you know what? It's your property. You can do whatever you want to with it. If you want to give us part of it, that's good. And keep back part for yourself. Wow, that's okay. But when you come in here and say it's all of it, we're giving it all to the Lord, you're lying. And you're not lying to us. You're lying to who? 
God. You understand? It's, it's lying to God. So their sin was the misrepresentation of what was given, not how much was given. So I want you to understand that, okay? It's not how much was given. So here's what he's saying. Ananias was free to keep or give whatever he wanted. All right, let me stop for a moment. Let's talk about money for a second. Sometimes you hear people say, what you have belongs to who? God, okay, yeah, it does ultimately belong to God, but God gives it to who? You. Now, I've heard preachers say, well, if you don't give what belongs to God, God's going to take it from you with a four flat tires or a blown up engine. Or, First of all, God doesn't act that way. 1 Corinthians 9 tells us that he loves what? A cheerful giver, not somebody who's compelled to give, okay? All right, so here's what I want you to see. What we see here in the scripture is, is, is it's your funds, it's your property. You have control over it. And you are to give what God wants you to give and compels you to give, but it's in your control. Do you understand what I'm saying? The point he's making here to Ananias is you had control over it. You could have, but what's wrong here is that you misrepresented what you gave. You lied. Do you understand? You lied. So ultimately, his sin was against God, not men. His sin was, their sin was against God, not men. Oh yeah, maybe they, they could have fooled the apostles into thinking it was all. But the reality is, is that's not who they're sinning against. They're sinning against God because it's God's church. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's God's people. So their sin was against God. Not against men. Now here's the thing I want you to see. Ananias immediately fell down and died, which caused fear among the others. Wouldn't that cause fear? You know, I've been in some interesting business meetings. You've been in some interesting business meetings. You see somebody getting up and being confronted by the preacher, and he says, okay, that's it. You're breathing your last, and he falls over dead. Do you think that would freak people out? you think that would get attention. This is what I'm saying about there not being apostles today. I mean, could you see an apostle do a marriage, marriage ceremony? What do you mean you don't love your wife? You're blind. Come back in three days. We'll talk about it again. Do you know what I'm saying? So, do you know what I mean? That's the ability they had. You're just joking. We're going to see Paul do the same thing. He's going to tell the guy you're blind. Because he's mocking God. That's not, nobody has that ability. Aren't you glad? Here's what I used to, I would read a passage like this and I'm thinking, you know what? I'm glad God doesn't act this way today because we'd all be dead. Right? So there's great fear among them. Okay? Great fear among them. So here's what happens. The young men in the group gathered up his body and buried him. So the young men gathered up his body and buried him. Now, verses 7 through 10 talk about the wife. Okay? Sapphira came before the apostles three hours later 
and was unaware of what had happened. So obviously the word hadn't spread yet. Did you understand what I'm saying? The word hadn't gotten out yet. So she has no clue what's happened. Okay? That her husband was just there three hours beforehand, was confronted, died. People are scared. She doesn't know what's going on. Okay? Peter asks her if the land was sold for the amount that was presented. So Peter just asks a simple question. Hey, Sapphira, you know, Ananias brought this gift in. Was that all of the money from that property? And, of course, her response is, she answered that the amount presented was the correct amount. Of course, yeah, we wouldn't hold anything back. It's all, we're giving all for Jesus. Let me just stop for a moment. I haven't said anything up to this point. Why do you think they're doing this? Yeah, because the context is what happened with Barnabas in chapter 4. Do you understand They're doing it for selfish motives for recognition. Holy cow, would God kill them for that? Yeah, so it tells you what God thinks about that, doesn't it? Okay? tells you what God thinks about that. So Peter confronted her concerning their plan to sin against God. So again, same confrontation. You're sinning against God. You're lying to God. He's confronting her. And then, I mean, this is amazing. This is an apostle. Peter pronounces that she will die as her husband did. I mean, he even says, the feet of the men who have buried your husband are at the door. That's a God thing. Did you know what I'm saying? That's a God thing. So what happens? Sapphira immediately fell down and died. She immediately fell down and died. No, no more comment there. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. So here's what I want you to see. The same young men carried away her body and buried her with her husband. So as soon as they come in, they've got to take another body out. And they go and bury her with her husband. Do you think this is a serious passage? I mean, we're not, we don't even comprehend that. Do you understand the silly stuff that we do, the nitpicky junk that we do, the, the stuff that we do that's selfish towards each other, and, and we come in with attitudes, and, and we do stuff, and we act, oh, everything's okay. You, do you know what I'm saying? But we walk out, and we're an entirely different way than we are in church, and we act like nobody sees any of that stuff. But somebody does see it, don't they? It's God. God sees our hypocrisy. That we're acting one way when in reality we're not. And the only thing that we can be thankful for is that he's a lot more gracious than he was back then. Did you understand what I'm saying? Because the reality is, is God hates sin. Why does he hate sin so much? Put his son on the cross. It's an affront against him. Did you understand? So naturally, when you read that great fear happened among them, whoa, would, wouldn't it? So here's the impact on the church. Look with me in verse 11. 
So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who had heard these things. So here's what I want you to see. A great fear of God came upon the church and all who, hap- all who heard what happened. <clears throat> Do you think from this point on they kind of took serious the issue of sin a little bit? Do you think that church, because of what happened, kind of took serious the issue of sin? Do you, do you think? Yeah. Now, here, here's the only thing. It wasn't just a testimony to the people in the church. The text tells us it was a testimony to everybody else who heard about it. Whoa! Holy cow, I'm not going there. I'd be afraid, you know what I'm saying? Because if people, here, let me ask you a question. Are we aware of our own stuff? Are we aware of our own sins and what we're doing wrong? You should be, right? And if you hear somebody got killed because they misrepresented what they presented in an offering, you know, here, here's the thing. I, I remember years ago, our, our di- churches have different ways of doing offerings, Okay. And so in, in Lori and I's home church, they don't use offering envelopes, although they do have a little brown envelope, okay? And if you want to be private, you'll use this little brown envelope and stick your money in the little brown envelope and put it in the offering, okay? They don't have offering envelopes like we do, all right? And, and I remember talking to men who would count the money, and, and they would say, yeah, we sometimes have two or three brown envelopes that are empty. All right, so let me just stop for a minute. What are they doing? Whoever, whoever put them in. I don't know who put them in, okay? What were they worried about? What other people were thinking, that they were putting something in, right? I mean, who knows what their motive was? But they were misrepresenting. See, they didn't have a clue that they're given who to who? God. Do you understand? This is the point I want you to see. The point of the passage is, is that what you're doing is for who? God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And God takes very serious whether or not what we're doing is right or wrong. Do you understand? And so this would have an impact on others. So this, this had an impact on the church. But it goes to show you that from the very beginning, from the very beginning, there were what in the church? Problems, sinners, people. Remember I told you what's the problem with church? What's the problem with church, folks? People. Okay. All right. We're at the end of our lesson. We've got a few minutes. We're going to look at next week that there's further opposition.